are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Um, Our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend Mark Chesanow, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown. Hey, welcome to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey, and as a special exciting thing for the week, David Lachlan is co-hosting with me. Welcome, David. Just just dropping by. Welcome back to your show that you began. (laughs) Good to have you. Um, This week we are interviewing Adrienne Berkland. I'm going to read a little bit from your bio. She's a portrait artist and plein air artist in Savannah. In addition to her daily painting practice, Adrienne is available for commissioned portraits and live event painting. Very cool. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Great to have you. Um, So I wanted to ask you first when you came to Savannah and what brought you here? Lacrosse brought me here. Um, I moved here, I think, about eight years ago. I was coaching lacrosse at a small college in West Georgia, and I had my eyes on SCAD. And when the position opened, I applied for it, and that's what got me here. Did you? Were you always interested in art, or how that happen? Yeah. So I very much was just like an art kid growing up. Always, my grandmother kind of got me into art, and my aunt is also both my aunts are really artistic. So I was just around that growing up. Always did art. Would have probably gone to school for art, but that wasn't really on the table. It was kind of yeah, go traditional. Yeah, so I went to school You're for the academic. first person I've met who's gone to SCAD without going for art. I know everybody's always like, "Oh, you were a professor." I was like, "No, I was in athletics, so not I really." I thought that yeah. was yeah. part of it. Were yeah. you able to dip into any of the? Oh, I did, but I was very foolish about it because I was still very in that mindset of like art had to have a tangible career. So I did graphic design classes while I was there, which yeah. I hated because I hate computers um so I I did it and never even finished doing that it was then a challenge I, I quit. it was a challenge yeah. I got through it I I mean I learned a lot but sure I wish I had taken classes that had more interest to me while I was there and took advantage of that a little bit better did you enjoy the foundations classes or the actual drawing and... I didn't take any of those so oh, as a okay. employee I could just take kind of any classes oh, I wanted gotcha. and I submitted a portfolio so I was able to be exempt from I think that would be fun. classes and stuff. I took one fashion illustration class which was super fun. Yeah. And I wish I'd done more of that cuz that was basically yeah. a life drawing class which is what I really well, enjoyed. Well, no, fashion doing. illustration you still use that somehow because you're doing portraits. Yes, yeah. Well, at the time that was the only um, class that had life drawing that fit ah. in with my work schedule. So right. I took that just so I could have access to a model. And it was just like happenstance. It, ha- yeah, doing that that it turned out yeah. to be a fashion one. Yeah, yeah I guess it's, it's kind of too bad you missed the foundations classes. A lot of people really enjoy it just because it teaches you like the design elements oh, and the color yeah. theory. And then you just, I guess, feel more confident and later whatever you study, like you actually have a background for it. Whereas otherwise it might be frustrating to not feel like you have the that. biggest class I wish I've constantly kicking myself for not taking was the color theory because that's something I went to school for art education so I never dived deep into anything it was like take a photography class take a drawing class take a screen printing class and I never learned like deep dive into anything so I wish color theory was something that I yeah that would have helped with everything but you're still deep diving because yeah self-exploration is now you're doing it on your own right but I want to back up one second and ask you Tam oh would you explain about, I didn't know about foundation classes. Yeah, so you usually, so, so when I... I know w- that sounds silly, but... When <laughs> I went to SCAD, it actually was my second degree. Um, so I tested out of some of the things. But I guess if you're, if you're standard just going to SCAD for your bachelor's degree, you'd have like a few gen ed things, like an English, a history, a math. And then you have all these foundations classes, which is this whole chunk of like 2D and 3D design, life drawing, color theory, materials type of classes. And depending on what you're going to be majoring in, they're going to require more or less. Like if you're going to be majoring in okay. sound design, you that have makes to take sense. as I just many. Wanted to clarify. But you still have to, even if you're sound design, you you're still, still going to have to take color theory yeah. and right. foundational yeah. courses. So, which is yeah. So I, since I, it was, I went to like school for a regular academic degree and had an entire bachelor's degree before I went to SCAD. So I didn't have to do like like math for artists right. or but I did I did all the foundations classes and then I did my illustration okay. degree classes I, I I just wanted to 
like clarify what yeah, that yeah. was about. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's so going through basic knows, drawing. No. no, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> and those, and like you said, super helpful, like the color theory things and the... the well, color theory, no, that's what I wanted to ask about too, because that's, you say you would like to do more or... I just or feel like I'm going off intuition, which is nothing wrong doing that. And I think that, yeah. you know, I have a lot of fun working with color. But I feel like I could probably save some time if I already knew some go-to rules about it, which I could yeah. probably just YouTube some videos and things like that. Get but some fancy art, yeah. coffee table books. I like, I like the structure of a class. I've always been... I liked going to school when I went to school. I enjoyed all my classes for the most part, but yeah. Yeah, I'm with okay. you. I like that too. I like someone to just tell me what I need to know. And most okay. of the professors well, can put the basic down so yeah. you can take it from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need to know yeah. the rules to break the rules. Okay. Well, and that I, makes sense. I feel like in the professors, I felt like, you know, they've been doing it for years and years and they were really good at teaching and breaking it down. Right. So it was helpful. You're trusting like. the experts that they figured it out already. <laughs> True. I just Dangerous uh, role to go. So how did you get from, from that where you, you know, didn't finish the graphic design program into doing, now you have this like painting yeah, so I, um, when I graduated, I went to school for art education um, and double majored art education and art history. And then following graduation, I got a graduate assistantship as a lacrosse assistant coach, and that would give me my master's for education, which in Massachusetts, you're required to have your master's to be a teacher. So I was like, all right, I got to like okay. get my master's, might as well do it for free. I'll do it while I'm coaching lacrosse. And uh, that led to a head, head coaching gig, which I ended up... Um, kind of just sticking on that path because it was like all right like I got a full-time job and moved away from art for a little while and then like I said I was looking at Savannah because I always knew I wanted to live in Savannah and I knew SCAD had a good program so when they opened up that position and I applied it all of a sudden I was again in this world of art that I hadn't been in such a long time so that's when I started a daily practice again oh. um, and I did portraits mostly because that's something I <coughs> I guess I do well, so it comes easy to me. So it's been a brain drain for me. I would come home from work and just do a portrait and get my mind off things and just relax by I gotta say, I've seen some of your portraits and they're unique in that they are showing a lot of life. You think so? I think so. Yeah. This is my personal opinion. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's not just sitting there. Mm -hmm. There's people doing things. They're actually living. Yeah. And that's the unique draw of it. For I mean, besides the color, besides all that, we'll get into about gouache and all that later. <laughs> but just the idea of the perspective. Now, most of those, when you do portraits, when you ask people about, or they ask you, uh, you help formulate the scene. So my daily practice, what I consider my like brain drain, um, I get most of my references from a subreddit called Reddit Gets Drawn. Okay. which people post pictures of themselves and their family and friends and they're oh. just up for up for grabs. Yeah. Um, so I just pick ones that interest me and I just, that's what and I do. And that's your just practice. Kinda, and that's okay. my practice. So I feel like the past, like, prior to me officially quitting my job and pursuing this full time, like, it was always just a practice. Like, oh, I'm just doing this to get better and I'm just doing this because I enjoy it. Um, so I looked mostly to, to Reddit for those references because they were plentiful like you know there's okay. 20 30 posted a day you just pick the one you like do you the most. send them then when you're done do you send them yeah the what i really liked oh. about this platform was you would post your version of this image and you know five other people would also post their version so i felt like that was a great learning tool to see how other people handled cool. the same subject oh. yeah. um so yeah i really i mean there were there's been years in my life where i would do a reddit gets drawn every single day for 365 days a year so um it was a great wow. way to practice and to see other people's perspectives and to really see my own growth i wow. guess over time that's a really good that's a really strong work, work ethic you're describing do you think being an athlete is like you just are um, already in this practice i think it was more like a inner like knowing i didn't like the job that I had and feeling like I had to really get good at what I wanted to do. Was this your release and your escape sometimes? It was, yeah. I mean, I I love playing lacrosse and I loved coaching lacrosse. I had a lot of success with it. It was just, it gave me a lot of anxiety. It didn't really, uh, well, I just, I was stressed a lot. Maybe oh. if you won a few games. No, oh, we won four national championships. <laughs> 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 David, so you opened is, yourself up to that. <laughs> so I know. But, so there is a drive. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean, the one thing I've been really good at your... is grinding. So yeah. I just kind of decided I wanted to grind for myself. You use that word a lot. I do use grind a lot because I feel like that's what the last decade of my life was, was just grinding. What, so what year was it that you arrived in Savannah? Uh, 2015. 2015. Okay. Okay. I believe. (laughs) So, and and then when was it that you decided, you said that now you're doing your practice full time. Yeah. So during the pandemic, um, there was a athletics were put on furlough and it gave me time to kind of consider what I was doing with my life. And I still wasn't ready to uh, give up the full-time job concept. So I was like, well, I have these education degrees that are just like going to waste. So why don't I try this and see if I like it? Otherwise I'm always going to wonder if like, should I have done this? And I tried it and I did not like it. So (laughs) it was was fun, but it was like also like draining and I didn't have time to make art. And then I realized I was like, I did this. Yeah. I was like, this is what I want to be doing. And I keep pushing it off so I could have medical benefits. And it's like, oh, well. (laughs) But that's interesting. I'm just thinking of the athletic drive behind art. Well, that is actually my favorite part of working at SCAD was working with all the artist athletes. I think there's such a connection there with um, a obviously hand-eye coordination, but just having the drive and having the self-motivation and, you know, the only way you can be the best, you need to have something inside you. It's not really, some people might seem like they have this innate talent, but talent is something you cultivate. And I think athletes have that, that drive. I'm sorry. Go on. No, it's better than trying to win so much you are driving yourself mm-hmm. you just want to see how well you can do not so much as that you can beat the competition oh well i am really competitive or it is competitive <laughs> too okay i'm trying but to I mean, step away impetus, from that but. but the impetus for doing it is more you yeah it's to. definitely to see like where i can push myself and i feel like once again it comes back to this belief that talent is something that you cultivate not something that's innate so where can I push my talents yeah. and like, what can I do with it? Can I, I like trying, like when I go to Reddit, I try to find images that I think will be challenging. Cause I want to see, can I do this? Like what will happen when yeah. I put yeah. the paper? Yeah. yeah. When you touched on the aspect of the athletes at SCAD, I always, when I was going to school, I just thought it was fascinating that we, you know, SCAD is, you have these really long nights and they have that term yep. like sleep mm-hmm. comes after death and everybody, like most people are working really hard and staying up late. And then the athletes, I would notice like they were doing all that. And then they were also getting up at the crack yep. of dawn to do their sport. So they were just, it, it was incredible to think. Yeah. About it's pretty crazy that. what they put their mind and bodies through. And I have a lot of respect for any athlete that goes through SCAD. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. I wanted to talk about, I wanted to jump to, in your Instagram recently, you talked about, um, you were in this show in Atlanta that was called Rage Becomes Her. Yeah. Is that right? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to read a little description the that title. they did of the show. Um, it is, let's see. The show aims to highlight emotion that women, gender nonconforming, and trans folks are shamed for feeling due to their identity. It, was, it sounds incredible. How did you come across this show? Um, so basically, um, towards the end of this past school year, I had already kind of made the decision that I was going to step away from teaching and focus on my art. And then when Roe vs. Wade happened, I had this immediate reaction that I felt like I had to convey somehow. So I did this self-portrait that is, I guess you could say, a pretty rage-filled self-portrait. Um, is that the one with people pulling at your hair? No, it's uh, I'm holding a pitchfork pitch and oh, I'm sitting okay. in a throne. Yeah, yeah. and I um, that was an impetus for me. I've been self-portraits has always been a default that I've always looked or I always it's a looked within myself for yeah um <laughs> self-exploration I like self-portraits a lot um but anyways so it kind of was impetus for going through all these ideas that I had decades ago when I was in college and first working on self-portraits and uh but then all of a sudden I ended up with these two giant self-portraits of myself I'm like what am I going to do with these so I started looking for shows that What's they sounds- might apply oh, to oh wow okay yeah that's sorry, interesting. So you did the work true. and then came across that perfect. Yeah, I show. just couldn't believe my luck. <laughs> I was just thinking it sounds very healthy. That every now and then you review, and the self-portrait is a way to review. For sure. I mean, I my goal this year is actually to do a whole series of self-portraits, just kind of working through ideas and thoughts that I don't think I've ever given explored. myself enough time to really iron out and my identity and finding my identity and. As a 36-year-old, you think maybe I know who I am. But I just feel like I'm still always trying to figure that out, and I'm going to continue doing it through self-portraits. But, yeah, The Rage Becomes Her show was a yeah. really powerful experience for me. It was really cool seeing so many 
female voices just kind of singing their song and putting it all out there. Yeah, so, so the two pieces you had, one is like kind of a full body thing and you're sitting in a throne and it's very red themed mm-hmm. and you're holding a, is it like a, a tri, is that what a it is? Pitchfork, a pitchfork, yeah. Okay. And then the other one is a head and there's people pulling at the hair in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one I was thinking, I think you painted it before, but there was, it's kind of amazing there just recently was that woman who died in, was it in Iran? Yeah. She was in police custody mm-hmm. for not wearing her hijab. Um, so that was kind of amazing time. You know, yeah. hair, hair is very, uh, hair is like a real uh, lightning rod for women. It really is. And I guess I didn't really realize that until I painted that. Because to me, these are both self-portraits and just projecting my own feelings. But so many people have reached out to me, particularly with that hair one, saying that it represented the struggle that they felt they've had with that same issue. Yeah. Hair is like a, it's a really weird uh, issue of control for men over women right. and fathers over their little kids mm-hmm. and in the black community, you know, women's yep. hair in the workplace is a huge Definitely. thing. Oh, and I did want to talk about, you have a couple of paintings on your site that are in bar scenes. Like there's one in Lone Wolf and mm-hmm. one in Over Yonder and they're very elaborate, like the big scene with lots of details and oh, everything yeah. and they really stand out. They're really I different. Um, they're I'm pretty sorry. small, I guess. 12 by 16 is okay. the largest. Okay. Um, but they are taking me forever. Yeah. I had this whole goal to do all different bars and I've been working on Abe's on Lincoln for the past like six months and I've had a hard time moving past it because there's just so much going on in that bar. Yeah, I wanted to, I mean, they really stand out. They're very detailed. They're beautiful. There's a real like moment of action in them. So I was going to ask what your practice, you snap a photo and then. Yeah. So I guess the reason why I really like most of my paintings, I feel like I try to push color, and I think there's something about bars, the mood lighting kind of captures a moment. So when I'm out, I just snap pictures of things that just kind of catch that mood for me. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I guess with the bar paintings in particular, I really never thought that's something that I'd want to paint because I like to paint very quick and loose. Um, and they're so detailed that it was almost just like a point of pride that like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, technically. And that was like really empowering for me because I always wrote that kind of thing off as something that I just didn't have the patience for. Yeah. Well, the lighting, of course, in places like that are, are often all over the place. There's different right. lightings coming from different places. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of a challenge. Like each face And that's what I like color. about it. It's right. super, it's, I don't know, it's just really fun. It really works my brain and it gives me a Aside good challenge. Aside from any atmosphere going on in there at the time. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say, so the one in Abe's you've been chipping away at, do you, is it like, is it like, um, to sit down to do it? Is it, do you feel like you have to have a lot of energy? It's almost like homework to do it. So you don't go to it that much. Yeah. And it's funny because once I start doing it, I get lost in it, but it's just like the daunting task of, I look at it and like, I'm about two thirds of the way done now. And I still just, it's hanging up in my studio and I'm just like, ah, I should just do a little bit today. And yeah. It's daunting. One That's of the best quotes I've ever heard was, a good artist knows when to quit. <laughs> you get to a point to where, no, it's not <laughs> on a certain work. It's a certain point where you don't know if it's done yet. Yeah. And, and it's it's up to you. Nobody's yeah. around. So it's up to you to make sure it's, it's... And one of the best... Can I do a quick story? Okay. <laughs> hate to say Yeah, this, I'm going to edit this out later. Okay. <laughs> but one of my favorite stories, and this is true, Picasso. Uh, there was a Picasso at the Louvre, and this old guy comes in, and he's looking at it a long time, and they start to notice him, and he gets some paints and brushes out of his pockets, and he goes up, and he starts to paint on it, and they come over, and they say, what the hell? It's Picasso. <laughs> 30 <laughs> years later. He just later, couldn't let it go. He's like a little yellow right there. There, that's done. Okay, it's done. Yeah, okay. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah. I just started working on larger pieces and I've found having them sit in the studio for a little bit that I found I've been doing that too, which that's a new, another new thing to me. Cause like I said, I usually like to work fast and quick and be yeah, done with it. Just so. do one from start to finish. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking you must have a few sometimes going on at a few times. Um, yes and no. Uh, like even my bigger pieces, um, I finished them in three days and I just, uh, okay. nine hour days and just. So the portage will go straight through on one painting, but then the bar things are like hanging the out. The bar things are kind of hanging out, chip away at, because, yeah. yeah. David, would <laughs> Not you... Not enough time in the day. So I know until recently, David, you had a studio in City Market. Would you, would, like, did you have artists that you would bounce things off of and ask them to come and look at it? And oh, give you absolutely. Fe- like, as if you were still sure. in school anybody. or in the studio? Almost anybody. I'd, I've been open for that all my life. Yeah. So, yeah. How has that been transitioning out of being there and now not having people around all the time? Oh, it's the same. Okay. I still, 
<laughs> I started with nobody encouraging me, so I'll still do it. But it's nice to have input sometimes about yeah. what is, what's happening. And you, Adrian, you work from home, right? You paint yep. from home? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, when, I remember when I was in SCAD and I was toward the end of it, a professor, one of the things I always remember is she was like, you know, you guys, everybody hates critiques and you dread it, and, but you'll really notice after you graduate and you just are working alone that you'll, it's a real difference to not have people around to bounce ideas off of For all sure. the time. And you, you know, you should appreciate while you have this right now, which, and of course at the time you're a kid and you're like, oh God. But well, then the only thing, years later, I'm like, that is very true. I, w- I was just thinking, the only thing that's changed really was that uh, I've learned to ignore a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you obviously don't know what we're doing. That's fine. Well, you know, maybe you'll come up with a gem, but, um, yeah, not everybody's opinion is great all the time, right? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll just keep going here with what I got in mind, and I have no idea sometimes. I definitely have had, the way you're describing your bar pieces, I've had paintings that, for whatever reason, and I don't even think it'd be obvious to look at them, but they were so hard mentally for me to sit down and work on. I would sort of dread them, and it would they would hang out for months, and I would paint at them a little bit. And when I finally finished, I would feel so proud, and I feel like... Nobody to look at them would ever be able to tell that one apart from oh, anything else. Oh, of course. Else, nobody right. knows yeah. what went into that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's part of it. <laughs> have but, you had, David, so for you, I know you have a lot of commissions you do, so there's, like, not the luxury of putting something down for a long time. What do you, I don't understand, uh, putting <laughs> something down for a long time. Like putting a painting away and just not working on it continuously. Oh, no, I've got aside. some that uh, it's just, I don't want to take over, but... Uh, but just recently, I had a commission. Some people wanted their, uh, and I did it as a multicolored. I don't even know how to describe it. it was their cats, and they became like aliens, and with the coloring, and they're sitting in a weird bowl, plant type thing. And I just did something really weird with it. They allowed me, and right before I sent it off, I put on antenna, okay, <laughs> because it just seemed to. Wor- it's like it kept bugging me, and I really yeah. debated about doing it. But finally, okay, I'll do it. There. And they loved it. They I made loved it perfect, it. yeah. So, yeah, it was you, like, you just had an instinct. Works. All right, you know. <laughs> I have a little more leeway because I do some strange stuff. Adrian, I wanted to ask you, so I know you have work in Corkhouse Gallery. How did that happen? So, very sad about Corkhouse because oh. they're closing up at the end of this month. Oh. Are they? Um, oh, yeah. They? And, oh. But that was the first rumors. gallery yeah. I was in. And I got in because they used to do a small work show, and I submitted and got some pieces in and then they asked if I wanted to rent wall space and they I mean they only took a 20% commission it was like right. a great That's space nice. to be in as a I new artist and not really okay. knowing you know how to price my work or like how to display it so it was a great intro spot to be and that was where I was the last uh, two years so it was a great transition to be like all right I've kind of got my feet wet now and Good have a better spot, idea though. of what I'm doing. I mean, major yeah. traffic area, but not really a major traffic area. Yeah. You know what I mean? Weirdly, like, in a corner, kind yeah. of. It's like, you know they're all out there, but not everybody goes into the place, but the ones who do want to go yeah. there. Right. When they would have events, better. they'd get a great turnout, yeah. right? Well, what I loved about the space is just the variety of artists that they had represented there. True. It wasn't just, like, standard Savannah paintings. True. It was just a little bit of everything, and... yeah. Yeah, it was a really nice opportunity. I really liked it. So it's open until the end of the month. End you said? of the month. Where is your work in there? If people want to go in and see it, real um, quick. it's no longer in there. Uh, okay, so okay. I was in the Gordonston Art Fair um, a week or two ago, and I took everything you down, took it down. <laughs> and brought it there. And How was your? I wanted to ask about that art fair. Was that your first? That time was doing my first art fair. So for like me, it was a success because okay. I had no expectations and made back my money and made a couple more. That's so great. It was a good experience for me, and I think. Like you said, when you're no longer in an environment surrounded by artists, what was really cool was just having people come in. And it was basically like a mini show for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just had all sorts of different work out. And I got to see how people reacted to my portraits and how people reacted to my Savannah paintings and see like, because that's the big question. I enjoy doing portraits, but like, Let's they don't sell flies. as well. So it yeah. was cool. Well, portraits are kind of specific. Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless it's a celebrity. Right. Uh, a lot of people, and it's unless you're, I don't know. They're kind of specific to the people that they are painted for or Mm -hmm. of instead of... uh, I had a good friend who, for a year, did pictures of Charlie Sheen. (laughs) Just exploring the many... The many facets of Charlie Charlie Sheen. Sheen. There are a few. He did well, but 
would you please stop? That's pretty mm -hmm. funny. <laughs> I can see, I mean, since Charlie Sheen is like a very polarizing person, time, I can see people buying that just to, as like a conversation right, piece yes. in their house. I don't know. It was sort of, it was just weird. Yeah, but I think it's interesting if to be um, and like, a, like a fine artist where you're just making paintings to sell to people, to go to it through the portrait way is interesting because it has to be, it's like a technical challenge. It has to be really interestingly painted for someone to buy a portrait of a stranger, right. you know? There has to be something about it. Well, and you have to do uh, more of a, and your interpretation of them, there is no way that it will ever look exact to them, because they see themselves sure. in 3D. Right. And through yeah. many emotions, through many days, through many uh, different ways. And so you're trying to just capture a spirit. Yeah, I think... Of, um, I've thought about this a lot because, once again, I'm going back to self-portraits, but I feel like all the times I do a portrait, it's more a reflection of, like, my mood and how I'm feeling and what drew me to that picture specifically. Like, the person is just, like, the canvas, and then I'm right. painting Well, and you're exploring the color it. with it, exactly. too. Right. Yeah. So, and you use gouache. I do. I recently learned about gouache. Um, heard about it, but had never really tried it. And then Starlandia had, you know, a pack for discount, and so I gave it a try. Amazing! They got a pack yeah. for eight see bucks. If, Let's if see had, if we could do it. If you'd had to do the foundation classes, at I would have already been taking. It was a lot of gouache. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, uh, I really fell in love with it. I love working fast, and it, you can work so quickly with it. So that's something I've never experimented with. Uh oh, oh, David. I'm sorry, I, oh. I turned this off. What a faux pas. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> How, so at the Gordonson Fair, um, that I think that's interesting that like your first show you did was an outdoor one because you have to have a tent. It's a lot more set up yeah. than an inside with just a table. How did it go for you to prepare for that? Um, very fortunate. It takes community, and I had a friend who let me use her tent. I had a friend yeah. who let me use tablecloth. I am on the Savannah Buy Nothing group on Facebook, and I found these display things oh, from good. there. So I very You're making low. a vertical motion with your hands. <laughs> yeah, they are up and down. They were, yeah. This is um, key I have found in my years of showing. You have to you want to do as many things that are vertical as possible yeah. so people can see it from far away. So yeah, I really lucked out. I just didn't it was very low cost setup for me, so I think that okay. made it a little bit more viable. I did do a bunch of prints for it, which was is still a learning experience kind of figuring out like Yeah what to make prints of and Are how to price them and everything. Are you doing the prints yourself or getting them printed? I'm getting them printed. Um, the main goal would be to figure out we're in town here to yeah. get them printed. Um, I ended up going somewhere offline just because I was like, I need them now. Uh, rush, get it done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, finding a good printer is almost as valuable as being a good artist. Really, yeah. Because especially, I've heard a lot of stories. There's some good ones here. Very good ones, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah, I think when I started with prints, I was, you know, trying different shops around town and getting them done. And then eventually when I realized that, like, most of my business is going to be prints and cards, then I just broke down and got an Epson. And then, oh, okay. then it's the whole world you get into where, like, so I have, you know, you have to order the paper and the cardboard inserts and the plastic, and you just have a little assembly line at home doing it all. And I love doing it. But I really was like, I'm diving into this, and this is my whole business is printed items. Right. Yeah. It's better to do it yourself, though. Yeah, more control. Yeah, right? yeah. I, love I mean, doing at it. least, the, I mean, it takes away from the the idea that you can't blame someone, but it's... <laughs> well, I'm blameless, so I wouldn't have that problem myself. So. There we go. <laughs> so, you did good, so what was your, uh, what's kind of your big learning experience after doing your first um, person Yeah, so I guess what I took away was lean more into Savannah paintings. Okay. Because those were my bigger sellers as Did, far as originals were concerned. Was Were the attendees, were they locals or tourists? Yeah, it was mostly locals because it was okay. over in Gordonston, which I think is off the beaten path enough that not yeah. too many right. tourists were going to pop over there. But they were asking you if you had other Savannah paintings or like that's what was selling? That more? was what was selling. I did get some commission inquiries from having the portraits up. So I think, you know, moving forward, I'll bring portraits to show to yeah, fairs just yeah. to... Just as a way to like sell this future commissions. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, like maybe I would go around with past pet portraits. Somebody isn't going to buy somebody else's like right. pet, but yeah, it's a way to make a future sale. Well, Unless I mean, it's a lab or something. I have sold some pretty standard that's dogs. That's, but. that's what I was thinking. That, yeah, if you do it, if you do a regular breed, right. yeah. somebody else has that breed already. That looks just like Daisy. Yeah. 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 A little Boston Terrier. Okay, we'll get back to this because I do want to definitely talk about pets more. We are going to take a brief break and then we'll be back with Adrian Berkland. You are 
listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Trees are one of Chatham County's most treasured natural resources. Beyond their beauty and cultural significance, the impact of trees are far-reaching and compounding, spanning from economic benefits to health improvements to climate change resilience. Trees are woven into every aspect of our lives. Savannah Tree Foundation protects and grows Chatham County's urban forest through tree planting, community engagement, and advocacy. More information is available at savannatree.org. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day Natural Foods has been serving Savannah's healthy food and supplement needs since 1978. It is located at the corner of Bull Street and Park Avenue. They have online ordering and curbside delivery available. And now a walk-up window for smoothies, juices, and sandwiches from the deli. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. More information can be found at brighterdayfoods.com. What does it mean when we say that WRUU is a community radio station? It doesn't just mean that we invite the community to create programming. And it doesn't just mean that we're a voice for the community. It also means that we're counting on the community to keep us going. And you are the community. Almost all of our modest budget comes from small annual or monthly donations from listeners like you. You get to enjoy our community-focused programming because many others have stepped forward to do their part. Now do your part by joining our community of listener donors. Go to WRUU.org right now and make a one-time or monthly donation. And thank you for supporting Savannah's community radio station, 107.5 FM. Hey, welcome back to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara and David, and we're interviewing Adrian Berkland. Welcome back, everyone. Hey. Hey. Thanks for continuing on. <laughs> okay, so we were talking when we first, uh, when we just left off, we were talking about pet portraits and human portraits and the sellability of them and uh, painting them in such a technical way that they will appeal to other people. But really, it comes down to also that you, this is the technicality. You have to start off with the basic blank, traditional blank canvas. You're blocking out what you want to do. This is for pets or people, mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. And then it gets to a point where it starts becoming a painting. Instead of, let's make sure we have the calipers out and make sure the right. nose is that white. Yeah. Uh, and then it gets into the spirit and you have to bring through a spirit of it. And I can understand that you're not trying to read their minds. You're not trying to get into their soul and figure out how, you know, they're not doing the work. You are. But you want to bring out that life. And each one must be a challenge because of that. Because it's a new portrait. Uh, I was going to say a new soul. but I Yeah, I think... Um during the break, we chatted about this, how for me, it, you keep it kind of looser and then that does give them the ability to see what they want to see. I definitely, especially with pet portraits, I feel like I can be a lot looser because you don't need to be exactly perfect because the fur could go this way yeah. or that way. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of looseness usually gives the painting life. And I think then people can see you know, their pet the spirit. That. And yeah, this, there's this other interesting, the whole aspect of like when you finish the piece and then you're going to show it to the person who mm -hmm. you just painted or the person whose pet you painted and then waiting for their reaction. Which oh, you yeah. Never there's know, I mean, that silent <laughs> yeah. pause where you don't know thing. if they're going to start yell at you or start crying. Yeah. So when you first started and you were doing your daily portraits from Reddit mm -hmm. photos and then you would like post what you had done, were there any ever... Like, are people usually happy with what your depiction of them, or how does that go? Well, the nice thing about that subreddit is one of the rules is um, the person who posts the picture has to thank all the artists. So you're not going to really get a negative review okay. on that um, unless you ask for a critique. Um, and that makes sense. Yeah, so that, I mean, maybe I'd be a different artist if there was a little bit more room for critique on that yeah. subreddit, but there is, it's all positive feedback, so yeah, you're yeah. like, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I, it become, comes back to self-evaluation. Right, exactly. Right. 
Have you ever had, when you've done commissioned portraits for people, do they, do people tend to have a lot of adjustments for you as you're going through it? Um, and things? I've definitely had some clients who, you know, with any client time you're dealing with like the public, it's like, here's what I get. Like, and they're like, that's great. And then like, send them another shot and they're like oh can we move this over there I'm like why don't uh, you like catch the yeah, like, yeah earlier the first time <laughs> um but yeah no I think for the most part um maybe this is rude towards clients but most <laughs> clients aren't like artistic themselves so I feel like they have a lot of they might not catch things that another artist would catch yeah they're just very they're very impressed by what yeah they're just like wow and yeah yeah <laughs> Where they don't realize it's not a sculpture. <laughs> right. I found that too. So I just finished, um, I did a pet portrait that one friend commissioned me to do for another friend's dog who had passed away. Mm -hmm. And it was a surprise. So the guy, like I shipped it off to the recipient and he received this box and, and like had no oh, idea it was coming. Oh, didn't even know it was coming. Yeah, it was a complete surprise. Really? And um, and I, I sent it and he, you know, seems very happy with it. And the friend who commissioned me to do it seemed very happy. And I, when I look at it now, like I, I posted it and there's like the dog and then a photo of the dog and when I flip back and forth between the two I'm like you know it's not I didn't do the colors like the colors aren't an exact match but I think I was really focusing on the dog's like eyes right like, the feeling in the eyes and I feel like if you can get that then the person Agreed. is going to be like yes that's my dog yeah my, my beloved dog yeah I hate to say it but that's an old trick with portraits oh is that a formal thing get the eyes and you're good if you're yeah you can I don't know this is just my own personal take but uh a lot of times you can fudge some of the details because you're trying to, that actually, uh, it, uh, what's the word, uh, portrays a little movement maybe. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the eye tricks you and the eye tricks people into thinking there's more detail there than there is. And I don't know about you, but I always wait to put the eyes in last. Because I figure if I get everything else done and it looks really good, then the eyes will make it. Right. Okay. I agree with that. I did all, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what you're drawn to as a human. You're looking for eye contact. So the same with a portrait. You're yeah. looking at the eyes. So if you can nail those, then. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't, yeah, I don't like to cheat. So we get everything else done and then do the eyes. Yes. That's when well, you talked about eye contact, it just occurred to me. Do you find when you're doing portraits for people, is it ever a thing that people are sending you a photo or you're wanting to do a photo of somebody not looking directly at it? Or, like, do people's portraits always tend to be making eye contact? Let me say this, because I've seen her work, I've seen your work, and some of them uh, are not looking right. at them. It's part of a whole scene, and so there's life going. That's why I meant it earlier about what I liked about those was life going on, where they're not interested so much in looking at a camera for a picture. Yeah. To be taken. They're just living. Yeah. And that comes through in your work. And that's what I liked about it was, yeah. That's was that. maybe that's the Maybe that's the type of portrait that would appeal to other people who don't even know the person is this look where it's just catching somebody in a moment and that, not like depicting a sitting photo. That opens up to be really great art because that shows life. It's not just a slice of moment or a slice of a family. That shows... Yeah. And it gives a room for interpretation as the viewer right. for the story, what's happening here. And yeah. So then you can put your own story on it and you have a little bit more connection with the piece. So that's... It, you conveyed that great yeah. in many of your words. Is the... Um, well, you talked about that the you use gouache to paint. What is it about... Did you try other things? Like, what is it about yeah, gouache? Yeah, well, like? so I was... When I first got back into doing art on the regular, I was drawing because that, you know, sketchbook and a pencil, you can do anything. Mm. And then wanted to start introducing more color so then I was doing pen and marker and then I wanted it to be faster so then I was using watercolor and like I said then I stumbled onto gouache which is very similar to watercolor and I was using it like watercolor at first very translucent and watered down um, until I realized like the capabilities of gouache and your ability to layer it and how opaque it can be so yeah it just kind of evolved from needing to get more color and get it down there quickly. Just never dealt with gouache so yeah, never at all. I, I have no idea why, but uh, watercolor intimidates me. Really? I don't know why. Do I do, do acrylic. You do always acrylic? Okay. Yeah. Acrylic is what I did, like, in college, the painting class that I took was with acrylic. So that was my, like, I had always carried a box of acrylic paints with me when I moved around. And yeah. if I did paint, it was usually with acrylic. But 
gouache is that great medium between watercolor and acrylic that goes both ways. Yeah. Mm. I feel like ac acrylic seems like the easy, the most standard to do because there's not going to be chemicals associated with it, and right. you can wash your brushes really easily. There's, you know, it's pretty dries low. Quickly. Yeah, it's low maintenance. You can do it out in the field. It dries really quickly. That's yeah. why I avoided oil because of all that. Yeah, stuff that yeah, goes with all the it. extra, the chemicals, yeah. and all that stuff, disposing of right. the turpentine and everything. I just um, didn't like the smell. Yeah. Yeah. After a while. It's like <laughs> I did want to ask you, so you've moved to Savannah in 2015, mm -hmm. you said. What are your feelings about the art scene in Savannah? This will go the same answers I had with the art fair. I had no expectations because I've never really been involved with one before. And yeah. so I think it's, it's serving my needs, like um, meeting other artists, um, learning things from them, um, being exposed to you know different things that are happening around town. And I think the complaint I hear a lot is people comparing it to really big cities. And I think you got to take perspective of where we're living. And I think we have a good art scene. I yeah. mean, there's art from like north to south on Bull Street, all sorts of galleries. So I'm, I'm, when I was doing the gallery downtown, uh, I've told tourists about how. This is, Savannah is per capita one of the most creative places yeah. I've ever yeah. lived. So you can talk about big cities, small, whatever, but the amount of talent that is here. For sure. That we can, and we all draw from each other, uh, is just amazing. Yeah. It's still amazing. To Between me. the fine arts and then how many how many practicing musicians who have oh, gigs yeah. and you can go out and see live music. Could use some more writers, but... yeah. But other than that... They're uh, probably just hiding. It's hard yeah, to find true. Writing. Yeah, they're writing alone. They're quiet. <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> I'll illustrate the story. <laughs> I wanted to ask, Adrian, you have an interesting quote on your site. Um, I'm going to read it real quick. You had to accept that going with the flow isn't always in your best interest. And if you want to be happy, sometimes it pays to steer your own ship. And I think it's interesting the difference between people who maybe go you know, through college and are artists from the beginning and, like, that's all they've ever done versus people who come to it a little later in life. And I didn't know if you wanted to speak a little bit about the yeah. things you bring to your art now. I mean, I think that what that quote was getting at was just that I felt like I was just doing, pursuing opportunities that came my way just because they were the ones that came my way. And I figured, ah, it's, like, here, I'll do it, and I need to make money, so here I go. Um, and... The entire time within, I just felt like I should have been creating. So I do feel like there's a bit of like, uh, what would have happened if I just went straight into making art and I didn't waste time doing all this other stuff? Um, I honestly don't think my life would have been that much different. I mean, maybe I would have been a little bit more evolved in my practice, but I think I still would have ended up here and been doing what I'm doing here. But that's here. because you did it. Yeah. You followed that. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. I mean, that's the big difference. A lot of people... I hear about, you know, it, you, it, one of the worst things you can do is regret right. not yeah. doing oh, something. Oh, that's something I was yes. definitely making I felt like so I hit my limit of being like, all right, I've gone far enough pushing this off. Like, how much longer am I going to keep pushing it off? Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, I hear people say, like, maybe you reach a certain age and you're like, oh, I've always wanted to go to med school, but when I graduate, I'm going to be, you know, 50. And then the response to that would be like, well, how old will you be if you don't go to med school? Right, You'll exactly. still be 50. You'll yeah, still be 50. Or whatever it is. Yeah, I was really fortunate. My husband uh, pursued his own career as well. He we met at SCAD as coaches, and he quit before I did to pursue his own career. And uh, seeing him just like sacrifice things and take a risk, and you know, obviously you're worried whenever you give up income, but he worked hard and made it happen. And I feel like I kept meeting people within that period of time between when he quit and when I finally quit that were like, "Yeah, you just got to do it. You just got to." pursue it and I've enough people were like yeah you do it you follow your path and it works out and yeah that you convinced that. me yeah <laughs> well he was a coach of what he was the cross-country track and field coach oh is that right okay mm -hmm. what is, is he right? doing now he's a cross-country coach no he uh he coaches <laughs> ultra running um ultra and he, running? he is an ult professional ultra runner and he uh. coaches ultra marathoners wow yeah including you no, I hate running. Is that right? <laughs> I, I play frisbee in order to get my workouts in, but I need to chase something in order to run or be chased. But I'm not gonna <laughs> go out and just run for running. That under that that I can see the correlation there with what you're doing now, though, because you're chasing what you want. 
I think it all comes back <laughs> to my competitive, ah, my competitive so nature. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you have any kind of suge- like any feelings about the art scene here? Things that you'd like to see happen, develop? I feel like it's been growing a lot, especially since when I first moved here. Because like that whole Starland district wasn't much of anything when I first moved here. So I feel like it's just growing and it's expanding. And yeah. oh, they're doing great. They're doing great, and I think the only like. It just needs to keep growing. I think people need to keep connecting with each other and keep just letting opportunities arise and making yeah. more room for art. And it's interesting how it's almost like we, the locals, we've like given up downtown to. Yeah, tourists, we've given at least we have tourists. this other this other district for right. us that smaller things are opening up. Yeah. I mean, there, this town DIY is there's some good constant. Yeah, yeah, you can't write off anywhere. I, I feel like go downtown. I, every time I like don't go for a while and then I go downtown, I'm like it's awesome down here it's beautiful there's like tons of things going on and yeah you know I, I walked back and forth on Jones Street yesterday in the middle of the day and it's just just stunning I, and I was like I, didn't, I don't take the time to do this right as much as I, I mean this should, is why you know? I moved here was how beautiful it was and like that historic appeal and yeah the inspiration yeah you get a lot of inspiration just by being in this space I know and even just seeing how people um what people do to their houses and their gardens and things I think is really fascinating and inspiration for paintings that is a bit of a New Orleans feel, too. Oh. Of course. Just taking a walk and getting inspired by... What is well, that word? Is it like a, the... like a flagrant? Isn't that the word of... like a, It's like a French word for somebody who just is taking a walk and taking it no, in. No, but I like it. Flagrant. You're talking to the wrong crowd if okay. you want to. No, it's, it's flaneur, I just realized. It's flaneur. Okay. It's a person who's just walking with no specific place. Though, yeah, so. yeah. Flagrant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just this vibe of just taking in the scene and letting the day take you somewhere, which I think is very Savannah. I love that. Well, I mean, that's... And when you talk about down in that area, it's, yeah. it, it's so beautiful. And that's why I loved about... Uh, something I learned in New Orleans is when you see the outside of the houses, sometimes when you walk in, it's a completely different scene. Oh. Like there's there's dirt floors in the basements of some of these. <laughs> Little things like this. At least they have basements. I, they have oh. I thought you were going to say the inside might have been very modernized, whereas the outside well, there's has that to too. be It's everything. Maintained. It's all over the place. It depends yeah. on the individual who owns the area, uh, who owns the place. Yeah. But it's something, uh, that's the unique part of what Savannah, I think, is about is uh, there's so many personalities. We have the we have the uh, where it looks good, but when you start delving deep, you find out there's some there's some real weirdness going on there, and I like that. There is every year. There's or um, uniqueness. There's Let's like the say that. there's the Savannah home tour thing. That's oh a right, thing every year yep. you can pay, and then certain people like open up their homes, and for one weekend you, you can, can go pay in and, look and go through. see rich people's homes. I yeah. have done it. Amazing. <laughs> Oh, is it worth every penny? Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they're, like, you know, it's they're stunning outside, they're stunning inside, but it is, it's a whole variety of how it, it might be very maintained in the old world way, or one that I went into that was, like, the entire interior of this beautiful townhouse had been opened up for, like, a floor-to-ceiling, multi-level, like, glassed-in greenhouse type of thing oh, that you would never have thought from the yeah. outside of the house that the inside was well, completely I mean. open. You that's, know? that's exactly yeah. what I mean. You don't know what's behind those doors, yeah. behind the walls. <laughs> um, I, did, I was going to suggest to you before we move on like about doing the art fairs, if you're into it, that Sulphur Studio does. Every so often they'll do a street fair. Yeah. And theirs I always recommend to people who are getting into it because you can rent a tent from them. As far as I know, you can still do it. And it's like $10 or something yeah. super inexpensive. And they'll set it up for you, which is an oh, amazing deal. Oh, that's like so the real trick, right? I definitely, and they get a great turnout. So I always recommend the Sulphur Studio Street Fair yeah. for people getting into it. Plus yeah. it's fun. Yeah. Um, what is coming up next for you, art-wise? Um, I have a show, actually, that opens today in Charlotte. Two of my bar oh. paintings are up there. Um, which bars? Um, over Yonder and... Why am I blanking on is this? It uh, the Pinky Wolf? Masters. Pinkies. Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, so those are up in Charlotte right now. And then I'm going to be doing a kind of an art fair. Um, my husband's friend is hosting an ultra marathon up in South Carolina. And they're having an artist-like walk. And uh, so I'm going to go up there in the end of October and do that. And then I'll be at the Tybee Tour de Arts doing our booth out there as well in November. What, what is that? What's the Tybee The Tybee Tour, Tour de Arts. Arts. They uh, oh. are setting up booths like basically throughout Tybee with... They just got their logo. Yes. they ju- Well, they just got their license. They got their logo right. and they're trying to get their artists. <laughs> so if you are an artist and looking to do a fair, I think they're still looking for people. Right. 
This squirrel is half white. <laughs> We're sitting outside. We saw a cool squirrel. <laughs> Maybe we just no, we all three got distracted by the <laughs> squirrel. We literally got distracted by a squirrel. We're okay, all like great. Labrador retrievers <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, I did want to ask. I totally forgot. You have a a line on your site where you talk about doing live painting events. Yeah. So right. I'm only yeah. trying to break into this market, um, but live I. Events. What's that? Live events. Live events. Oh. Yeah. So I did one for Starland for Starlandia for um, their seven year anniversary, and um, I basically took pictures of people that came in and painted their portrait, and I did five in three hours, I think. Wow. Um, and I just, I well, a I like painting fast. B I like being the center of attention, so it's like <laughs> nice to be out in public and people being like, that "Oh, works. look at you." Oh. Um, and then. Yeah, it's just fun to get that immediate feedback from people, and I like the challenge of having to work really fast. And um, so I'm doing another one in January um, at a race. Um, oh, cool. Husband's really paying off here with uh, his connections. <laughs> um, so I'll be doing live painting of athletes and stuff as they're running through. Athletes, will they be in motion? Yeah, so I'll probably try to snap photos. I work a lot from photos. I do like plain air and painting like things I see about town but sure. people I haven't done as much from life okay. just because it's hard to get people to sit for a long time. And the other one the photos on your site it looked like maybe you're trying to be available for like weddings or things yeah. like that to do. Mm -hmm. How So how would that work? Would you be in public and snap a photo and then work from your photo but be working at the event? Exactly yeah that's usually how that works. Yeah while they're taking the vows mm -hmm. yeah. and you run up and get in between them and the minister or whoever. And, and say hold that pose. Exactly. Take a picture and then <laughs> Everybody stop. By the end of the whole wedding and reception, will you be... Like, like the one that you had posted on your site, was that one that you were done with at the end of the wedding? Or Yeah, so that, so what I have right now for my wedding portfolio are just ones that I've gotten from either friends or off Reddit gets drawn of people who have just posted wedding photos. But oh, there's okay. actually... I saw a post on the Savannah subreddit this week about someone looking for a wedding photographer. I'm like, how about a wedding painter? Yeah. Coming by and seeing if they... I love this. Savannah subreddit. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to look That's this up now. For all your toxic Savannah gossip, okay. go Is there. Is it more toxic than next door? Oh, I don't know. I've heard <laughs> things about Next Door. I don't wild. know. It just seems, it's like any internet platform. You get something that's like seems like totally basic, but it's people up, are willing to have grabs. a polarizing opinion Anything on goes. it. Anything goes. So, David, um, I think you mentioned you have a few standard questions you used to use. Oh, you, well, do you want to break out some ears and I'll break out a couple uh, of mine? I mean, um, this, you're putting me on the spot here. I am. Do you want I me to go first? Yes. Okay. All right. So, Adrian, <laughs> if you were like getting ready to go out or walking mm -hmm. on the street, do you have a, a song that you like to play in your head? To I was like kind of worried you'd ask this because oh, I yeah. am not a, um, I like will listen to it occasionally, but I'm very much like I work in silence a lot. Really? Drive in silence a lot. Uh, like wow, just the noise in my own head is I what like, cannot keeps me going. be in silence ever at all in my house because I hate everything my in my head. Like that, so it's very. Uh, <laughs> we live on. Me and my husband live on like different ends of the house because he's always got music going, and I'm like, you might literally need yeah. like noise canceling. Right, exactly. To not have music. But um, I do sometimes when I do listen to music, I sometimes will just listen to a record on repeat. Okay. So, uh, "Small Town Heroes" by Hooray for the Riffraff is one of my repeat records that. I will like just play that on repeat for hours. Okay, something about that one is hmm. is okay. Yeah, for you. Okay. Yeah, there. I mean, there's select few that I will listen on repeat, and I don't have a problem with music. Like I'll, I like new music. I just don't have You're the impulse to listen it. to it. I'm not anti music. I just like <laughs> imagine. Yeah. <laughs> well, that kind of kills one of the questions I had was if <laughs> if a certain say while you're bar paintings if they had. Uh, if they could make a sound, <laughs> what would they sound like? So that sort of. That's what I like about paintings is there's no sound. <laughs> I don't know about that. There's all the visual noise. There's none of that auditory. I don't noise. know about that, but you know, everybody has their own thing. Yeah. That's what. That's 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 why it's interesting. Did you when you look at her bar paintings? What is the sound you get off of them? No, I just especially I just start thinking that's lively, and I start feeling. I start feeling the sounds coming from it. 
if that makes sense. Well, that is, I mean, that's definitely right? what I'm trying to do because I want you to right. feel the mood of being in that bar. So I'm glad that yeah. it comes to you yeah. that you have that. It's not, not particular. I didn't select yeah. anything off the jukebox, but... but it could just be the sound of clinking glasses. And just regular bar sound. chatter and whatever goes on the in din. bars. Okay. My other question I would usually ask people is, if you aren't doing what you are doing, what is another career you would I like to I already do? quit all those careers. Yeah. All of them. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. I think this is what I had wanted to be doing from the get-go, and here I am finally doing it. Um, if I wasn't doing the painting specifically, like when I was growing up, I thought I'd become a cartoon artist or a tattoo artist. And oh, okay. That's fun, too. Never got around still to still might of those. go back to that. There's still time. time for those, but I'm going to pursue this for a little yeah. bit before I make another career change. David, do you have any other standard questions you want to go uh, for? Not that I can really think of. Off wow, the top this of my has been head. great. I'm very sorry. <laughs> How I, many years did you do this? Great show co host here. It's just been a while since I, I've forgotten some of the, the. We used to have the artist studio questions, and now I can't think of them. Um, and, I th and I feel like a lot of yours were about sound, probably. Or you had your other one that was describe color, right? Or define that color. That was interesting, but. Um, hard. But, but. Do you not want to subject her to that? I, I'd rather not. Okay. Uh, I got an answer for you. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, oh, wait, yeah. hold on. So hold on, think, wait. Let's okay. set this up. <laughs> Describe color. Color is just emotion, and that's what I love about it. I think color is something that you see, but it impacts you emotionally, and that's what interests me in color is that you can change someone's mood by the colors that you use, and you can change someone's perception of something by the colors that you use, and it's a visual thing but it affects people physically and, and how the contrast work with each right. other yeah oh that vibrancy between colors and yeah color is really fascinating because i think there's so many uh reactions that you get that aren't just visual from it and i saw a yeah. little video of yours where you started to do a, i think it was gouache uh and you do the whole you do the sketch and then you do a brief sketch not a detailed thing yeah which is Cool. I'm just going to paint over it anyways. Yeah, but that's the thing. You do paint over it, but you paint over it with color. You can still see yeah. what's coming up, but you paint over the whole thing to begin with. I like putting a base. Um, that way you can be a little bit looser, and if a piece is of that, like I like using hot pink a lot because that's my favorite color. Um, so having those little pieces of that hot pink showing through the underpainting is right. I love that. just fun. It gives it a little bit of contrast, and I think brings it back to life a little bit works great hot pink is so whimsical so i, like I that love that's it your yeah. favorite color yeah I, I mean hot pink orange green i got a couple okay. up there but just some sort of wild 80s like <laughs> like those 80s yeah. neon kind of colors yeah um well is there anything else that you wanted to tell no. us about or um, i feel like yeah no i think uh the span art scene's pretty rad i'm real excited so to be so diving yeah. into it i am not turning down opportunities so if I anyone wants to collaborate throwing your hat out whatever, there yeah. Yeah, yeah i just art is life and i want to surround myself with it fantastic well i can't that's wait to quote. see that's a quote i love this that's well, great. so excited to see how it's going for you and it's yeah, been a real you. pleasure sitting Very down real yeah. good pleasure to, thank I'm, you david really for to to you. quote unquote helping me with <laughs> this interview couldn't have done it without him. <laughs> All right, on that note. Sorry, David. Next time I'll bring some questions. Here are some fun creative events coming up for the next week. On Friday, October 21st at 5.30, there's an artist talk at Laney Contemporary. The artist is Namwon Choi. Um, on Friday and Saturday night, the Tybee Post Theater has a ballet of Jack the Ripper. Um, through Saturday, October 22nd, at Sulphur Studio is Lisa D. Watson's mixed media show. Through October 26th, Heather Zatmary has her show at Rule of Three Gallery. Uh, Tuesday, October 25th, is the Savannah Pride Festival is putting on an open mic night at Sentient Bean. There's an art show right now at Location Gallery called Love Shacks that's also um, to benefit Savannah Pride. And there's a new on-view resident at Sulphur Studio. His name is Carlos Estevez, and his project, Cities of the Mind, will map the human mind through the creation of his own maps. Coming up next on WRUU, that old Savannah magic from 4 to 6 p.m., a variety show featuring Savannah history, radio theater, interviews, and music. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul.